Well, good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to the Voice of the Valley. I'm Jerry Pinch, and Rick Wimmer's across the table. <laughs> good to see you, man. Good to see you too. Hey, happy sixth, uh, happy seventh of July. Seventh of July. <sighs> yeah, it's a great day. Seventh of July is is really really good. Yeah, yeah. How was your fourth? My fourth was even better than the seventh. Fourth was you were out in Moxie for the fourth. Yes. And I have never felt more patriotic and in fear for my life <laughs> <laughs> as I did on the 4th of July. Oh, my word. That I was in Moxie for the 4th also. Yeah, but and because fifth, you live there. the 6th, and 7th. <laughs> and three of those is not like the other. <laughs> we moved to Moxie a few years ago, four days before the 4th. Oh, nice. Literally baptism by fire. Yeah. Works. <laughs> Was that your, that was your first time out there? Yeah, and you talked it up over the last few years, and, and you didn't quite believe me. I didn't believe you, um, but I've I've come to the light um, that Moxie is is the most patriotic little town in America. In the war, yes, they they go big. This, yeah, and you know they say go big or go home. We go big at home. Yes, and and it, there's nothing. You know, I posted it on uh, the social media on uh, Not the Bee. Yeah. And and I said, hey, happy birthday, America. Just so you know, this video I'm going to post, this is not professional. This is front yard fireworks. Yeah. As seen from my backyard. Yeah. And enjoy. I, it was just like I, incessant, you know, for hours on end. Like I, 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 throughout the night, it was just like, I could hear it still in my head of just the explosions going off. Oh, seriously? There, no, I mean, not, not really, you. not really. Well, but I, said I was that curious because it, it was really your first cool. year. I mean, it's possible <laughs> that could have happened. Our small group met out at the Platts house, which they live in Moxie. And we sat in the back of a truck and there was a point in which there was a contest between two houses. <laughs> not, not like a, they weren't actually having a contest, but it became a contest. Um, there was, there was one point where this house for 10 minutes straight did not stop lighting fireworks. It was yeah. literally 10 minutes of just going off. I, I was perplexed. I took video and I know this is not a video podcast, but I could probably put the audio <laughs> up to the microphone. I, Would that even work? I, I don't know. Should it's, we try it? It might blow some people's ears out, but. Seriously? I don't know. I don't know. I Let's don't just know. try it. Hold on. That's that's those are gunshots. <laughs> that is just it's insanity. That was just a little bit. But that's all night. That yeah. Did that come through? Yeah, it was coming through. Yeah, it was real. I mean that was just from the fourth people can't hear now but happy birthday america yeah no that was awesome a lot to celebrate there it was awesome had a good time had a good time with our small group and yeah it was really cool. i'm grateful i'm grateful for our nation yeah it's a tremendous gift yeah it really is it really is um but we're not here to talk about our tremendous gift of uh <laughs> of our nation we're are you sure yeah okay. we are <laughs> 
We are here to talk about the subject that you preached on on the 4th of July, which is lust. <laughs> that uh, Turned a corner there. We, we turned a corner and we're in it. Lust for freedom has turned into a... <laughs> what has it turned? It's your podcast, man. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah, we better uh, just keep on track here. So yes, um, <laughs> you, you preached from Matthew 5, um, Sermon on the Mount regarding lust. Um, and adultery, right? That, yeah. Um, Lust is hard adultery. It's hard adultery. Yeah. So we do live in a culture where sex sells, right? So in 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 everything that we see, you know, advertisement, songs, clothing, shows, video games, social media, doesn't matter. Um, there is um, a lot of sexual undertones in all of that not even undertones undertones overtones, overtones <laughs> a lot of <laughs> middle tones <laughs> but specifically supertones specific <laughs> play tones Spe- <laughs> doing doing that thing you do yeah we uh specifically television specifically television um the average american household watches up to four hours of TV every single day. That is obscene. That is obscene. Uh, which means that there's a lot of sexual content that's coming across our screens um, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year. Overtones, undertones, playtones. Um, <laughs> so how would you how would you encourage the people um, to think through the shows that we watch that we allow our kids to watch, you know, what's, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Um, how much TV? No, we're not going to get into that. You can, if you want to, but, um, mm, pass, <laughs> but, but what is acceptable? What's not acceptable when it comes to the content that, that is coming across us specifically on our televisions? Yeah. Um, hmm. so that one is not a, a black and black and white, um, mostly because we don't have black and white television anymore. Um, but <laughs> no. yeah, so we could go the content route, but then we'd end up as uh, independent fundamental Baptists. But I think the question it is a bl- little bit more complex than that because there's a lot more going on than just the content. Um, and And for one, like we're in the age of streaming services and a lot of streaming services, you know, like Netflix, Disney plus, you're not getting the the ads the way that you are with cable television or whatever it is these days. Um, Hulu, if you don't have the premium subscription, but I, you know, even with just a couple streaming services, it, it was so hypersexualized and aimed toward children um, that I actually, we just canceled our Netflix the other day just because mm. I was just like, I'm not going to do it. This is so overtly aggressive on, and we don't even use it. <laughs> we, sure. Most of what we use sure. is Disney plus. Right. And so, um, and then I just told the company, they said, why are you leaving? I said, I'll tell you why I'm leaving is because I don't trust you. Not that I ever <laughs> did, but you have become so gross toward children in your pushing, um, an agenda that is, it's not even subtle. And so whether or not you even have advertisements, you're, you're getting the sexualization. Sure. And one of the help, most helpful things that I remember as I was thinking through this like 10 years ago 
was um, John Piper said something somewhere because <laughs> he said a lot in a lot of places, but like with violence, um, you you know you can play act violence and it's not real violence even if it's simulating violence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't play act nudity. That's somebody's real skin. Mm. That's and that somebody is somebody's daughter. Right. Or somebody's son, somebody's mother, someone's dad or brother, you know. And so that's for me, I know that's a line that I don't I'm not sure how people go there and and don't get burned. You know, I think of that proverb, can a man hold fire close to his chest and not get burned? I think nudity and and um, sex scenes and things like that just on the content level are are playing with fire that is probably just unwise across the board but i'm not gonna you know i'm trying very hard not to be legalistic right now because i don't think right, that's right. The, the right way to go with it but right. th- that's an example of how to think through content um i you know i know that i've been affected by some movies where like for me i know that there are certain words where if they're in a movie a lot i just can't really watch that movie because that word will end up sticking with me and sure. it'll be it'll come to my mind and I'll be tempted to use it. And, and there are other words, I don't even register them, you know? And so there is, you have to know your own heart. You have to know your children's hearts. Um, but thinking through that, the aim, the aim is never to keep our kids out of the world, but to teach our kids how to bring glory to Christ in the world. Okay. So we could shut off the whole thing, throw the TV away, and come out unscathed by harmful content and that that's one way and it's it's possible and maybe that's a good way um i don't think it's the best way i think the best way is to think christianly through everything we do and so you know for parents you got to decide what are the hard no issues like the things that oh this film is going this direction or it has this with it and it's like hard pass we're not even going to discuss it we've already predetermined that's not going to be helpful yeah you know what i'm saying yeah um and so there's no one size fits all there but but there should be some things that are definitely a no um and like i said for me that's you know we're talking nudity and and sex scenes and if it's something you can't pass over quickly then maybe just don't watch that movie sure or whatever sure. and for your kids um that gets a little trickier because right now what are they doing with kids entertainment you know like what are they putting in uh a lot of lgbtq stuff i don't know if that's where you're going with it well i don't know i i mean that's what i was thinking but there might be more there probably is more <laughs> Yeah, but, that's a trick question. No, it's not a trick question. I mean, they are definitely putting that stuff in there. Sure. And more than that. But so some there have been some things like, I don't know, there's this show, like How to Train a, Your Dragon, um, one of the offshoot shows of that. And the, the first few movies of this offshoot, you know, their shows were fine. And sure. then I just happened to walk in um, as my kids were watching the end of one of the newer ones. And it was two female dragons who were in a love relationship and it, it seemed a little <laughs> to me like they were pushing something that my kids don't need to right. see. Right. And so we didn't watch that anymore, you know, and, but I think the bigger picture is and far more important is to see the narrative message that 
the words and the content are actually serving because nothing's neutral. Right. And so there's an arc to this. Um, everything comes with a worldview. Frozen may not have sexualization in there, but it's telling a story that is that may be harmful. And my kids watch Frozen <laughs> and we have conversations. Um, but they're, you know, the Little Mermaid, right? I, I'm way more concerned with what it says about the relationships of children to their parents, um, the rebelliousness of this, you know, of the mermaid, <laughs> Ariel, than I am with her midriff. Hmm. You know, so our kids haven't seen The Little Mermaid, and it's not because she has midriff. Sure. It's because of what's being portrayed by the heroine in a positive light. Yeah. And so we have to actually think through those issues. And, that, and that's another reason why we have to, as parents, we have to be so intentional with our kids whether it's with education or whatever the case may be because there's no such thing as abcs and one two threes without a worldview everything comes ensconced with worldview right so we have we have to teach them how to think christianly about everything because someone's teaching them someone's going to teach them how to think according to someone's narrative and worldview sure and we want to teach them to engage in that way um and so i think one of the most helpful questions that parents are going to ask their kids are what, you know, what is the point of that movie that we just watched? What do you think they were saying about fill in the blank? And kids they come up with a lot of stuff. They, they're not, they're not dumb. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. And if we don't have those kind of intentional conversations, we're wasting the opportunities even in our leisure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you mentioned this idea that everything, everything comes with a worldview, right? Right. Even the guy that, that has a nine to five job, not married, single guy comes home, drinks his beer, watches his show, gets up in the morning, goes to work and just repeats the process mm-hmm. day in and day out, has a worldview. Um, and how that plays out usually is, is how he lives his life. Right. Um, now for, for, for us as Christians, I think we can take that, um, the idea that we can just take the television, throw it out and have this, this, this idea of a moralistic purity. Like I'm not, I'm not, um, engaging in the world. Therefore I'm pure. I'm not engaging in the television. Therefore I'm pure. Um, and so this, this moralistic purity kind of seeps into this church where like, for instance, um, I didn't watch pornography this week, so I'm I'm being a good and faithful Christian. How does that? How does moralistic purity? And I'm calling that. I don't know if that's actually a thing. That was just something that I was. No, thinking I think about. it is for sure. It's um, a yeah. Focus on the external behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, just legalism, right? Yeah. It, it becomes a formalism. How how right. does that? How does that affect our relationship with it? With an actual vibrant relationship with Christ. Um, oh yeah. And that's the perennial temptation, isn't it? Um, because it's a lot easier to check things off than to engage relationally and, and see our love for Christ work out. Cause on the outside, two things may look the same, but they couldn't be more apart. There's a lot of people who didn't watch pornography this week and most of them don't have a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Even if they call themselves Christians. Right? So it has to be about more than that. Um, holiness can get externalized and often does get externalized 
in a list of do's and don'ts, and then it misses the heart entirely. And what what you know that's what happens time and time again with accountability software is a guy's struggling with porn and he thinks i just i need accountability software i need a uh, i need i need a blocker on my computer and um then he he wonders why he's struggling a year later well you know that never dealt with the heart of holiness which is a heart that loves god Mm -hmm. it only dealt with the externals and so he may not have looked at something, but it was only because he didn't have the opportunity to. It did nothing to train his desires. To train the desires, we know Jesus. You know, John thirteen or John seventeen three says, "This is um, this is eternal life that they would know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent." Jesus says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commands." Well, we can look like we're keeping his commands, but not love him. Yeah. But it's going to be an external keeping of commands, yeah. not the heart that is motivated by love for Christ. Yeah, yeah. I think about I think about um, that passage throughout the Gospels. That, you know, it says, "Lord, Lord, didn't we do X, Y, and Z in your name?" Right, like yeah. that's. I think that's what what we can hit at is this idea of, Lord, I did this in your name. I did this in your name. I cast out demons in your name. You know, why? Am I? He says, I I never knew you. Yeah. And I think I think moralistic purity can come into that category of like, oh, I didn't I didn't have an adulterous affair, or I didn't mm-hmm. have I didn't watch porn, or I didn't do you know X Y and Z. Right. Um, but never had a vibrant relationship with Christ. And apart from knowing Christ, what does external righteousness do a super great job at breeding? Pharisees. Yeah. Pride. Well, if you want to see, you know, we talked last week about anger. When does Jesus get angry? It's not with sinners who are broken over their sin. It's over externally righteous people who are gloating over their external righteousness. Yeah. Jesus doesn't give quarter to spiritual pride and External holiness, apart from pursuing Christ, is ex- it will land in external pride every time. I mean, just heart pride yeah. every time. So the key is is the heart uh, that is transformed through the grace of God, yeah. which is at, and this is what the new covenant's all about. Um, Ezekiel thirty six. Um, what happens here? It's, he says. Um, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. So that's that's cleansing from the filth, right? So that's the you know, not you know, going to the strip club, not lust, you know, looking at at someone lustfully or not mm-hmm. committing adultery. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So when you aim for purity, you can easily miss Jesus. But if you aim for Jesus, you'll get purity every time. Hmm. That's the that's the logic of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Can you say that again? Yeah. Because I forgot if, it. If you... <laughs> Because it was so good. It was so good. Yeah, no, see, that was really good. It, yeah, if you, if you aim for purity, if purity is your goal, you can miss Jesus very easily. Yeah. But if you aim for Jesus, you'll get purity every time. Yeah, yeah. That's such a, that's that's really, really good. That's really good. 
Yeah, I, I think um, this this has more or less to do with with marriage. But I remember I remember Dave Palmer coming up to Katie and I before we got married, and he said, "Your marriage is like a triangle. Christ is at the top. You two are at the bottom, and the only way you're going to grow closer together is if you." are going towards Christ at the mm-hmm. top of the triangle. Yeah. And the, the same thing is like, if we want to be pure, we don't strive for purity. We strive for Christ who, who makes us pure as you were just saying. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. It's profound thoughts. What? <laughs> I don't think I invented it. <laughs> this is, um, but I think in it, the Bible. Yeah. I think, <laughs> no. but I think that's no, really I appreciate good. it though. Thank I you. think that, <laughs> It's a really good reminder because I think we do tend to to go this direction of just don't do that. Just don't do that. Don't Yeah, just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. And and that's that's true. Yeah, like, do stop it. Do we do need to stop it, but the way that we do it is is by looking to Christ. Yeah. 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 Like if you're talking to an abuser, stop beating your wife. Yes, definitely do that. Yeah. But also, you know what? Start loving your wife. Yeah. Maybe after that stint in jail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe while you're in jail. No. But that's really, that's where it has to be. We And we cannot afford to miss this. And this isn't just about sexual purity. It's about everything. Yeah, right. If our aim is anywhere other than Jesus, we'll miss Jesus. But we, if, you, if you single-mindedly aim at loving Christ, you get everything. Mm-hmm. Because he has always been the goal of all of it. Yeah. Where do we know where what any command is? Genuinely, like where do we actually get an understanding of true morality? You're asking me this question. I not no the other guy at the table. Yes. <laughs> like, do we have a calling? I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with scripture on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And and what's scripture all about? Jesus. There you go. So all the Old Testament um, that those Pharisees and scribes delighted to know, Jesus said, they have all been pointing to me, and you won't come to me, that you may have life. So we can can never, ever um, take a sexual misstep, even in our mind, and still end up in hell. Mm. But Hmm. we don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. So I, I, I think it's easy for the church, and I'm not, I'm not saying Sun Valley. I'm, I'm saying the church at large, uh, to to look at the culture around us, uh, and see the hypersexualization that's taking place, a, a culture that's uh, intoxicated with lust. Um, and I think it's it's easy for us to put like a moralistic spin on it. Mm-hmm. You're not living the way that you're supposed to, which is true. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember they're dead in their trespasses and sins, <laughs> right? Like, right? How, how do you expect sinners to act? Yeah, yeah. Like sinners. Yeah. We should actually be surprised when they don't. Yeah. So as 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 crazy as it seems in the world that we're living in today, it's actually shouldn't be all that surprising for us as Christians to see the downward spiral that we're in as a nation. Um, so how do we, how do we as Christians take the truth of the gospel and approach a, a, a culture that is, um, whose God is lust? Yeah. 
right and now at this cultural moment it's it's everything yeah. yeah, I was joking with you the other day about uh, Robert California from The Office. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and in his interview, it says nothing to do with paper. Yeah, he just says you need to realize it's never, it's not about paper. It's not about whatever you're selling. And he says everything is sex, and it's it's a, it's so it's kind of a funny scene because ten years ago or whenever it was that came out. Um, you're just like, where did that come from? Yeah. But now turn on your streaming services and literally everything is sex. Yeah. For kids. Yeah. For I mean, just it's nuts. Yeah. So what 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 do people do with their idols? They fawn over them, right? They worship them. They extol them. They put them up on a pedestal and praise them. Even if they're not doing it with their words, they're doing it through their actions. And where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Well, okay. If everybody's at the parade and the emperor of sex is walking down the road and we Christians show up because we have to go get some milk from the store. Um, what's one of the best things that we can do? Hey, did anybody notice that the emperor has no clothes? Like you all are, you guys are, you know, fawning over his new robes, but they're not there. Like this isn't real. And that's where we are in the world and where the world has always been in relation to sex. Um, you know, you look at the cascade of Romans one and it ends in hell. And a lot of it is a progression of sexual degeneracy. Um, so, I mean, look at why strip clubs don't have any windows. Um, and by the way, why Planned Parenthood doesn't have any windows here in town, Hmm. because wherever the darkness depends on people not seeing the light, they, they, they actually literally will block out the light. Hmm. And that's just an architectural picture Hmm. of what's going on spiritually. Hmm. So what Christians need to do is flip the lights on and say, hey, how's it working out for you? Like, what has been the fruit of what you went after? And and if someone's being honest with you, it doesn't end up in satisfaction. There's a reason that Playboy billionaires sleep around for years and then usually end up married is because sex is supposed to, you know, it's connected to something. Yeah. And this is like in our DNA as a, as a human race because God put it there. And that thing is marriage. And so, the, you know, the research is not, you know, it's in. And it just so happens that monogamous married intimacy is the best and most frequent. And it, it just, it, it is the real deal. But even that is meant for something more. Hmm. And what is that something more that Paul tells us? It's about the gospel, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what it's for. It's it's to show something glorious beyond itself. Yeah. And so I think that that's the kind of thing that we can be using as a touch point to talk with people who are chasing after these things and still coming up empty. And, the, and usually a lot of it is in tandem with overuse of alcohol because people have to be, they have to mentally be not all there in order to continue this charade Mm. that they're actually getting satisfied Mm. by all the pleasure that isn't satisfying them. Mm. 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 And so those, the kind of relationships with people that get you to a place of um, being able to have that kind of a level of real conversation 
that can be a really powerful thing if someone's willing to just be honest. Yeah. And usually they're not going to be honest if you're if we're yelling at them or just sermonizing. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, can I things aren't going well. Yeah. And you're someone that they can talk to about that. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I had to read through uh Total Truth by Nancy Piercy. I don't know if you've hmm. you've read that book. It's a really really that. really good book of just how Everybody has a worldview, what we were just talking about earlier, but how, how sex is actually people's worldview. This is, this is how they operate and how they think through, um, their day-to-day lives. And so we have to get them to stop seeing that worldview as, as their God, but pointing to something greater, which is Christ. And, And the way we don't do that is by pointing fingers and yelling at him and saying, God hates you for doing x y and z right like right that's that's not appealing to people that's not appealing to people that that god hates them because they're doing x y z no it's appealing that christ came and died for people like them yeah um if they would turn yeah from their sins and and that's and we're in that boat yeah and the only difference is he took us out of it right um and so we actually can affirm the world's quest for pleasure yeah because they didn't invent that. Yeah. Scripture's full of pleasure language. And yeah. so I couldn't help, you know, and let's just kind of bring this to a close. I couldn't help but think of that really kind of overquoted portion of The Weight of Glory by Lewis. And, I, and I'm almost hesitant to bring it up here because it is so overused, but yeah. it's overused because it's so good. So I'll just read this. I have it right here. Um, Lewis talks about sex and other appetites, and he says, indeed, you know, we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels. And it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. That's really good. We are, we're, yeah, we are in, we're just mucking about Mm -hmm. with all, with the very best the world has to offer. Yeah. And acting like if we give it a month, its own flag, and then just go ahead and engage in uninhibited passions. And then you end up really shattered. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was never supposed to be about that anyway. It was supposed to be about something far better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And he later in that essay, he says, look at what the world has to do to keep you spellbound. And he talks about how progress or creative evolution themselves bear reluctant witness to the truth that our real goal is elsewhere. Hmm. He says, when they want to convince you that earth is your home, notice how they said about it. They begin by trying to persuade you that earth can be made into heaven, thus giving a sop to your sense of exile in earth as it is. Next, they tell you that this fortunate event is still a good way off in the future, thus giving a sop to your knowledge that the fatherland is not here and now. Do what they will. We remain conscious of a desire which no natural happiness will satisfy. Mm-hmm. That's super good. So we got to follow. We got to follow our desires all the way home, mm-hmm. and help the world to see that 
their desires were made for something far more satisfying mm-hmm. than just the desire itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah we are the, good. literally we're the only ones with that story. All the others are echoes. Yeah. Yeah. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To proclaim his excellencies. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Well, church, uh, we hope that this has been helpful for you as you think through such a weighty subject. This is not an easy topic to discuss, um, but we hope that this has been helpful and that Rick's sermon on Sunday was was encouraging and convicting uh, for us uh, and that we would grow in our love for Christ as we fight for purity. So we love you and we look forward to being with you next week as we talk about... Mewit. <laughs> so we talk about... <laughs> See you next week.